Hello and welcome back to the CTB Show, Season 2, Episode 23. The dust is settled after the Super Bowl. We're well into the offseason now. Thomas Parker and Christian Catanacci as always. Cat, what's going on, man? I, uh, you know, it's, it's, it feels like it's been a while, even though we just missed one week. Yeah, we uh, did take last week off. Yeah, we took, took a week off. You know, it was well-deserved. Um, yeah, it, well, it seems like you, you said we're well into the offseason. It sure seems that way. Yeah. Uh, it seems like the Super Bowl was two months ago, but uh, in reality, it was just two weeks. That's just uh, how the NFL sort of cycle works, right? We're, we're all aboard uh, draft season here and, and free agency. It's, it's coming, coming right up. And uh, the seven months or eight months, whatever it is, until uh, next season is going to come by, and and uh, it's going to be faster than than uh, than you think it is. That's sort of how it happens uh, in the NFL world. But I'm doing great, Pac. I'm doing great. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird or, or crazy how you know there's so much anticipation, so much lead up to the Super Bowl. The game happens, and then after like two or three days, we all just kind of flip a switch, completely forget about that. We start talking about how the Eagles are going to lose all their players in free agency, how the Chiefs need to resign this guy and this guy and this guy, and then all the focus becomes on the draft and all the teams that really haven't played in like three months yeah. because they're just so near the bottom barrel of the NFL, and that's what we talk about now. Um, but yeah, a lot to, lot to discuss today. We got quarterback carousel coming up. We got... I mean, we're going to get right into it yeah. now. The first overall pick in the NFL draft has been a topic of speculation since Lovey Smith went bold and went for two for the Houston Texans to get those Texans into the number two <laughs> spot and sort of uh, well, On his way out the door. On too. his way out the door. On it was, it was a door. nice farewell to the Texans organization. <laughs> um, and he gifted the Bears the first overall pick. And, of course, the Bears have... A young quarterback who all of a sudden just has this microscope on him where seemingly everyone has an opinion on whether oh yeah, they should time. keep him, whether they should move him. Um, I think a report just finally came out this morning saying that the Bears are leaning towards trading that first overall pick. Um, in my mind, I think that's something we've expected all along. They've almost, they needed to sort of pretend like they were thinking about moving off Justin Fields just to maybe trick teams into paying a little bit more for that pick. Um, but it sounds like they are going to eventually move it, and that brings up the begging question. Which team should be the team to pull the trigger? We've seen this happen a couple times now in NFL history. I think the last time it happened was um, the Tennessee... Oh, no, was it the Eagles or the Titans? No, was it the Bucks? The the. The, the Rams. Rams traded all the way up the to Titans. one. The Rams they traded, traded up to down, one. They traded up to, with Philadelphia, and then from Philadelphia's pick, they traded up, right? No, so, they no, traded the, just straight one, the, one to... They, did they, they go like, 15 to, to one? Is that what they did? I All I know is they went... Or no, I, Philadelphia I, went 15 yeah, up. Philadelphia to, went up they slowly. Went to two. Up. Yes, yeah, because yeah, they, they traded with Miami. Yes. But um, the Los Angeles Rams, when they drafted Jared Goff, was the last time the first overall pick was traded. I remember Laramie Tunzel was the guy that the Titans were going to take first overall. And they're like, you know what? We already have a quarterback. Let's just trade this pick. In come the Rams, draft Jared Goff. Rams actually haven't picked in the first round since then, which is crazy. But anyways, the Bears are on the clock with the first overall pick. Sounds like they're going to trade it. There's so, so many teams, as there is every offseason, that need a quarterback, that want to rebuild at at the quarterback position. Who's the team that's going to get it done? Well, the most in- intriguing thing about the report today from Schefter that came out saying that they're, they've been discussing and, and I guess have deemed the number one overall pick up for sale, quote unquote, up for sale, um, was that he said that there was eight to 12 teams that were interested in, in acquiring the pick. 
right? Now, again, how much is that fabrication, whatever, right? You know how these reporters sort of roll. But it made me think, like, are we thinking about team? Like, is there specific teams that, like, we aren't really thinking about that could make the move? Obviously, it would take a lot. And, I mean, you must love that one guy if you're going to drop all those picks and, and sort of move up to number one to begin with. Like you mentioned, the first overall pick has only been traded 12 times since the merger, since 1966. It's only been traded 12 times. So, like, it's not something that happens too often. I know a lot of people, um, I saw the reaction to the report that came this morning. Everyone was like, oh, yeah, and the sky is blue. Like, sure, yeah, but, like, that's not what happens. Like, you know what Dude, I mean? People have been talking about how Justin Fields needs to be traded for the last three weeks. Yeah, so uh, enough with this, the right? sky is blue. Yeah, like, we like, all expect it's, it's um, I mean, to expect that the first overall pick is going to be traded, like, that's sort of, again, it hasn't happened since 2016. It's only happened 12 times since 1966. With that being said, um, if I'm sort of, willing to put my money somewhere where, where I believe a team should fork up what it takes to move up to number one. I think it's the Carolina Panthers. I okay. think that division is is wide open. Um, if we're talking about a team that has the most to gain from moving up um, and acquiring sort of the quote-unquote QB1 or whoever they believe is the quarterback one, I believe it's Carolina because um, Tom Brady's no longer in the picture. The Saints seem like they're going to be cutting half their team to to just get above the salary cap, right? And and Carolina's got a great young defense, phenomenal offensive pieces. Like, this is a good young team. New head coach and Frank Reich. Like, I, I really do think that this Carolina team has so much to gain if they were to move up to one and, and draft that quarterback, whether that's C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, for all you know. Like, whoever it is, if they believe it's their guy, I think they got to go up and grab him. I, I like it. I mean, I do like Carolina to draft a quarterback. The way I'm looking at this, though, is the Chicago Bears have a lot of say in this. Like, this is pretty much uh, a unique a unique situation where you can get similar value from all these teams asking, and now you get to choose the, the package that you think best suits you. So, one, I think the Bears don't want to move too far down in the draft. So that sort of fits in with Carolina um, because, let, let's face it, yeah, the Bears are in this rebuild, but the clock's ticking on them. There's a lot of pressure in a market yes. like Chicago. Um, I think Bears fans want to see in one to two years this be a playoff team and a very competitive playoff team. That, to me, seems to be the goal of the Chicago Bears. So they don't have much time. So for them to move down from one to, let's say, 16th overall, like that's, to me, out of the question. Um, so I think it's going to be one of those top teams. Another element of this, though, is I think they'd want to trade this pick out of the conference. Mm -hmm. That brings me to a couple AFC teams, and one in particular has so much to gain from a move, and that's the Indianapolis Colts, specifically because the Houston Texans, their division rival, a team that they're going to be battling for the next 15 years if both rebuilds go well, are picking ahead of them at number two. As... The Colts GM, if you're, you know, Chris Ballard, if you're Jim Hersey, the owner who we all know likes to be, you know, he likes to have say in, in what that organization yeah. does. You need to make a statement to your division rival and say, listen, we are going to dictate the quarterback that you get. We're not going to let you dictate who we take to be our next face of the franchise. We need to leapfrog you. We need to get ahead of pick number two. We're going all out for this first overall pick. I could see a, a team like the Colts again. You said uh, Jim Irsay is a bit of a wild card. I could see them paying a ton to just go up really three spots and go up and grab that first overall pick. Yeah, and you're talking about a division too with, with Trevor Lawrence, right? Yeah. You, everyone sees what the Jags have done just in, in a short period of time 
with acquiring a quarterback at number one. So um, I think the Colts got a lot to gain for sure, definitely. And and you brought up a good point about how Chicago sort of dictates the package that they could get and the fact that they're not willing to just drop X amount of spots, right? Mm-hmm. Like you still want to be able to yeah, move I mean, down. They'll be sitting at four. They can still right. get a Jalen Carter. Or exactly. Anderson, they they so. might even be able to still get the guy that they would take at one at yeah. four, right? Now that might not be the same st- same story at number eight. Obviously, I think Chicago will sort of have an idea of who they like and who they don't like in the draft and see if it's at least like, let's say they have a handful of guys that they like if they were to trade down to four or eight. If they feel like there's, let's say, five, six guys that they believe are in the same sort of category, then I could see them be willing to drop down maybe a little farther, eight to ten. But I do think... um if we're talking about a team that, again, ha- really has all the leverage in the world. Like, we're talking Chicago number one here, right? Everyone knows that there's a bunch of uh, quarterback-needy teams that are trying to jump Houston. Heck, Houston might even be able to just move up one spot. They might have to give up a future first yeah. because that's how valuable this pick is. And um, Chicago's got it. Like, they got... they can. Uh, teams are going to pull up the Brinks truck at the end of the day, right? Say what you want about the quarterback class. I know there's so many mixed opinions um, with just the quarterbacks and, and the ceilings of the quarterbacks. Who is the quarterback one? Is it Bryce Young? Like you mentioned, like I mentioned earlier, Anthony Richardson seems like he's coming out of nowhere, but that's a very tradey guy that teams might want to work with, right? So um, again, it's going to take a lot to move up to number one, more than I think people realize. Um, and... Whether that's a team like Indianapolis, whether that's a team like Carolina, the fact is, is this is a pick that, at least in recent memory, I don't know if I remember a pick that's as high in demand as the Chicago Bears pick. And what's, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up about the quarterbacks because I think that's a, an element that makes this even more interesting because I'll, I'll compare this draft to the 2018 draft because we haven't seen this in a while where there is no consensus quarterback one. This is not a year where there's a Joe Burrow or a Trevor Lawrence where everyone knows who that number one overall pick is. The Colts could leapfrog Houston and end up taking a guy that Houston doesn't even have as number one on their board exactly. because everyone seems to have a different opinion about these quarterbacks. So that just adds a whole nother level in this sort of discussion, this speculation on who's going to acquire that first overall pick. Which is why I said Carolina, because the way I'm thinking is Carolina, there's there's like three teams above Carolina that put, could potentially yeah, take their that's quarterback. True. Yeah, because right? you know, they got the Raiders there too. Right? Yeah. If you look at Houston, like Houston, let's say, if they like two guys are the same, they don't really need to move up, right? Mm-hmm. Indianapolis, if they like two guys, there's a good chance that whatever, sure, yeah, you can move up a little bit. But I think Carolina, if they want their guy... They got to go and get him, right? As opposed to the other teams, maybe you can sit around and get a guy that you're comfortable with. I think Carolina's in that range where they're like, okay, there's a good chance that we might not get our guy at eight because that's right. It just there's so many variables. You know how draft the draft night works. There's just so much stuff going on, especially with the quarterbacks being so needy nowadays in, in, in today's league. You just never know what's going to happen. Definitely won't be the last of our quarterback draft talk. Um, and I think this is going to be a really exciting draft season because I compared them to the 2018 class. In my mind, that was, I think, the most fun I've ever had following a draft. If I'm putting my bias aside, obviously in 2020 when Miami had three first-round picks, that was like the greatest draft time ever. Yes. But like the 2018 draft, the different storylines yeah. 
how Darnold emerged as the favorite, and then Josh Allen had a little bit of glory up there, and then Baker Mayfield all of a sudden had this late surge. No one really knew what was going to happen until... Draft night. Yeah, really. literally until the Browns announced the pick. Everyone yeah. was waiting. And we got that a little bit last year because it was Trayvon Walker and Aiden Hutchinson, and even, I think, uh, Iki Ikwanu got a little bit of late hype to go to go on. But that wasn't quarterback-driven. Yeah, driven. it's different with And obviously, like... You hate to say it, no, but quarterbacks it, yeah. are the intrigue yeah. with, with the NFL, and yeah, that, that's get where the, ratings. the talk is. They so get the ratings. With that, I guess we'll uh, we'll stay on the topic of quarterbacks, and, and we'll get into the quarterback carousel. It's something that we like to speculate every single yep. year. Um, I feel like every year I sit here saying and be like, wow, there's more quarterback movement than ever this year, and then the year after just ends up topping it. There's there's a ton of free agents this year. There's, there's big names who could get traded. Um, really just a... Kind of a weird group. Like, yeah. I, I, we never really... Th- There's not, like... Obviously, you got your top-end guys. Like, we're, we're going to mention... We're going to talk about Lamar. We're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers. But there's... A- second tier of guys that, like, it's like, okay, you can make your argument for, like, who's better than who. But, I mean, again, it, it also goes back to... I don't know if we've ever seen... I think we said it last year, though, in, the, in terms of the quarterback turnover. Like, the, we felt like last year there was a lot yeah. of it. I like just looking at these names, like there could be a lot of moving pieces and, and sort of familiar faces in new places the, as the saying goes. But um, yeah, let's ju- let's just jump right into it. To be honest, let's go. Uh, we're going to start with Derek Carr. Yeah. Um, I'll let you take the floor here. Okay. I have, uh, I have Derek Carr going to the jets. I just, so you're, you're buying the hall of famer. Uh, first oh, no, I'm, not, I'm not buying that at all. <laughs> um, no, I just uh, like, Aaron Rodgers is the guy we're going to get into next. And I almost feel like with what I'm reading from the Raiders, there it seems like there's less suitors on Rodgers than ever. Mm-hmm. I just, for whatever reason, I feel there's some lure with the New York Jets and Derek Carr. I think they they think they can get maybe six or seven years out of this guy. I'm not the biggest Derek Carr fan. Personally, just everything I'm reading seems like it's this match where both parties are extremely excited about the potential, and I'm not going to comment on whether I think that that is valid to be that excited about this signing, but just from, from everything that I've read and gut feeling, I really do think Derek Carr is, is going to be a Jet. I know I said last week, um, or two weeks ago now, on, on the last show, that I think he'll immediately sign with the Saints. That was before he was cut. That was yeah. before I read this little yeah. Hall of Famer <laughs> report that, that came out. Um, first future first battle hall of fame. Yeah, Derek which Carr. is interesting because sometimes you think teams teams want stuff to get out there. That was a report where I was just like, yeah, what's why? what's going on over yeah. here? So I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Derek Carr to the Jets. It was almost too blasphemous that like it had to be true. You know, yeah. You don't just make that up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. That I don't know very, what they get. It's like know. you're doing a test in school. <laughs> And it's a true or false question. If something's super, super specific, <laughs> most of the time it's true. That's how I. That's yeah, how I approach yeah. things often. Like that's a very detailed thing to say. Yeah. went on in a meeting and something that was said. I don't know. Weird. Derek Carr. I said it to you when this came out. He's never even been a top ten quarterback in the NFL. I think so. To to sit there and and say first ballot Hall of Famer, like. It's kind of outrageous. How many first ballot Hall of Famers? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I know there's a couple, but Derek Carr is yeah. definitely not one of them. But definitely, not. I don't even know if he's he's not even close to a Hall of Famer. If we're being honest, but we'll say that for a different uh, different day. Derek Carr, future Hall of Famer, Dick Derek Carr. Um, I I'm still sticking with the Saints here. Um, I guess that's sort of a 
maybe a, a hint at who I have going to the Jets. But I don't know. Just, it just seems like it's sort of a nice match. Obviously, the Jets, I feel like they would be able to settle with Carr if they do swing and miss um, on the other big-name quarterback that we're going to be just talking about. But um, I don't know. I, I just... I just don't see the Jets having Derek Carr as their number one choice, right? Mm. Whether that's sort of they settle for Derek Carr, maybe sure. Um, again, we just mentioned that they think clearly the world of this guy, so we could very much, very well be wrong. But I do believe Derek Carr is going to come down to either the same to the Jets. He's going north. Again, there doesn't, just doesn't feel like a lot of suitors for, for yeah. both these quarterbacks. Honestly, right? now that I put Carr to... The Jets. I'm thinking of like who is going to be the Saints' quarterback next year, and I'm I'm kind of struggling because they don't have the draft capital yes. to to pick a, a top guy. And I don't know if there's necessarily a good fit elsewhere in free agency for them. But, but we'll see. We got some other names to discuss. Um, Aaron Rodgers. So I'm I'm, I'm assuming you you think that uh, he is going to be a New York Jet after. after yeah, I I think Aaron Rodgers is um, Aaron Rodgers is is heading for. Uh, New York City. I think he's going to go to the Jets. I think that's going to be a very good fit. Um, whether that takes the team over the top, I'm not too sure. But um, I think from a Jets perspective, if you're looking what that fan base deserves and the fact that they haven't had a quarterback in who knows how long, um, I think that they're going to do everything they can um to acquire Aaron Rodgers, whether that's... I assume it's going to be via trade. I don't think um, Green Bay is going to move off of Aaron Rodgers in terms of, like, cutting him. I don't think that's even possible with his with his contract. But um, now they, they they hired Nathaniel Hackett. Everyone knows that Aaron Rodgers is, is huge, huge, huge. He, he speaks so highly of Hackett, um, which is crazy to think just the debacle of a year that he had with Denver. I think he speaks highly of Hackett because Hackett lets him do whatever the hell he wants. Maybe, right? Maybe. You're probably right. You're probably right. And guess what? Again, that's just another proof sort of right there. I think Aaron Rodgers headed to to the Jets. Um, uh, This is difficult. So I'll I'll come clean here. On my written down here, (laughs) I have, drumroll please, retiring for Aaron Rodgers. Interesting. I just... I could see it's, that. It's something though. because we kind of don't expect it. It's weird. A little bit He's out of left weird. field. Um, it's dramatic. So I think that's kind of his forte. Um, but I also think if he sticks around, like you said, not a lot of suitors. It doesn't sound like it. Yeah. So the Raiders, maybe they draft a guy. And w- like who better to sit behind Aaron Rodgers in, a, in an actual situation where you know he only has maybe one or two years left, not like a Jordan Love situation where they draft him and he's still going to win two MVPs. So the Raiders are a good situation because they're a weird team to just go out and, and try and rebuild when you have players like Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, uh, Darren Waller. Maybe you bring back Josh Jacobs. Like big-time players in their prime, making top dollar. Do you really want a, a rookie quarterback to come in and have to go through growing pains when you yes. have a wide receiver like Devontae Adams capable of you know, posting 1,500 yards and 15 touchdowns if Aaron Rodgers is a quarterback? So it's a very tough division. Maybe you take a flyer and you give Vegas something to be very excited about for two years. So 
I, I could see him retiring because it's weird, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a little bit with the, with the Raiders on a, on a backup answer. I could definitely see the Raiders. The only thing is, is if I'm the at least if I'm the Raiders, like what does Aaron Rodgers really do? Uh, again, Aaron Rodgers is fantastic. No, he He's a fantastic player. I, but like, I feel the, the same way about so, the Jets. I feel, right? I feel the same way you're about the Jets. You're probably right, but I feel like the Jets have more to gain. Like, like the Raiders, you're you're in a division with Mahomes and Herbert. Like, what is one or two years of Aaron Rodgers going to get you? I don't know. I, I feel like we're talking the Chiefs and the Chargers, who are both... Like, the Chargers are on the come-up, too. At least you'd think so. But, like, the Dolphins are on the come-up. But the Bills, like, I don't know. The uh, Bills seem like they missed their window a little bit. They're still a very good team. But the Jets... I don't know. I feel like they have just more to gain. Um, they're still a young team. They don't really necessarily have anyone making top dollar. Mm, yeah, so it true. makes more sense in that's in if we're sort of picking or nitpicking. But I mean, look, I could really see him going anywhere. I could definitely see him retiring though. Like I could see Aaron Rodgers. Right, he's right. You just mentioned it's like right in his alleyway. So yeah. maybe he went in that darkness retreat and just uh, had a couple of dreams and said, you know I what? Time I to- think he's also still in there. I don't think he's out. That's my. Theory. <laughs> he's in there. I right? think he's in there. And tomorrow's <laughs> it's Monday right now. We're recording. Tomorrow's Tuesday, so it's an Aaron Rodgers Tuesday on the Pat McAfee show. We'll see if I'm wrong or not. I think he's still in there. I think Schefter is just making <laughs> stuff up when it comes to the darkness. Of well, who's who's going to report at that? I don't know. Who would even like, know? How does he know that? Yeah. Do you think Aaron Rodgers came out of the darkness street, Texas agent, and be like, hey, I'm, I'm out. out. <laughs> so if Schefter asks, I'm out. Like, <laughs> No shot. Whatever. Aaron Rodgers probably doesn't have an iPhone. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't seem like a guy that has a good thing. Yeah, I mean, hey, Andrew Luck had a flip phone when he was playing. I feel NFL, like Aaron so. Rodgers is definitely one of the guys to have yeah. a flip phone. Anyways, um, Lamar Jackson, the the biggest piece of the offseason. I think he's going to stay with the with the Ravens, but if he does get moved, I think it's going to go. I think it's going to be the Falcons. I don't know. It just seems like one of those matches. Just you know, it's like okay, if he does it, again, it's a pipe dream. I don't think anyone could offer um, anything that that would even make the Ravens. Be like, okay, maybe we should do that. I don't know, unless it's like four first round picks, which it seems unrealistic, but who knows? I think Atlanta is a very good fit. But my if I were to put my money somewhere, I, I'm definitely keeping him in Baltimore. Atlanta just so narrowly missed out on Deshaun Watson last year, yeah. and I really, really thought that they were gonna get him at one point. Um listen, if the Baltimore Ravens somehow fumble Lamar Jackson, I'm gonna lose my mind. And I'm not even a Ravens fan. Just sympathizing for that fan base yeah. with how they've handled this. I think it's ridiculous. It's it's alarming when you know that there's other teams in the NFL that will give him this guaranteed money and the Ravens don't want to do it. Yeah. Just just give him what he's worth, please. Yeah, um, I have the exact same thing written down as you, though. I, I do have him sort of staying with the Ravens, but if he gets traded, I think the Falcons are the perfect, they're the perfect candidate. Yeah. they got Drake Lund and Kyle Pitts. Just this emerging sort of young core. The offensive line's gotten much better recently. So, and hey, the NFC's wide open. So, what what a great get that would be. We'll keep it rolling uh, here with someone who wants uh, Lamar Jackson tight money, and that's <laughs> Daniel Jones. Who I said Lamar's the the big piece of the off season. I think Daniel Jones is the biggest the biggest puzzle of the off season because we don't quite know yet what he is. We don't quite know his true worth. Um, and the Giants are in this weird position where it's it's tough to commit to him. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't blame them. I do think again, if this if the report was any if the report was any true, right, that he is demanding forty five million, I would honestly be willing to throw the dice and say, okay, Daniel, go, go 
on the open market and see who's going to give you 45 million. I don't think anybody would give him. I don't think so either. Right. So um, if you want to play that game, obviously it's a slippery slope because again, Daniel Jones is capable. I don't think Daniel Jones is ever going to be a quarterback that can win you a Super Bowl, but he's more than capable to sort of keep a franchise afloat while they sort of sniff around to whether that, whether that's developing a guy or, or um, waiting for a veteran to become available and, and trading for a guy. Again, Daniel Jones is a capable quarterback, especially in that system. But there's no way I'm paying that guy $45 million. Not even close. I'm trying to think of a team that would even like aggressively pursue his services because every team that needs a quarterback, they either want some young, new, shiny piece with a ton of potential or they want a proven veteran like a Derek Carr who is... I mean, say what you want, but he has been consistent in the NFL, and he's he's been at a, played at an, an acceptable level. Or they want a guy, obviously, like a proven veteran, like like Aaron Rodgers. Daniel Jones has had some very poor seasons, and he showed some promise last year in a new system with Brian Dable. And it was very like, quarterback friendly too. Very quarterback. Well, I mean, his weapons weren't, but I think yes. they. I think Dable. No, yeah, they, I'm saying the, the system. Yes, exactly. Right? The they, they didn't ask him to do a yes. whole lot. Yeah. So, like, I don't know if any team would really be like, oh, we need Daniel Jones. He's yeah. going to be the new era of our franchise. I would tag him if I'm the Giants. Yeah, I think I it's think, got tight tag written all over it. I think the Giants is a good area because you can build on year one. And then yes. going into year two, you can see, okay, maybe we want to extend him for another three years. I still don't ever think it's going to be 40. Like, Patrick Mahomes makes $45 million a year. I know yeah. that was signed three years ago now, but... I don't know. I have him as a tag. You have him as a tag. We'll move on because there's not a whole lot to say, honestly. Yeah, I think it just makes it just makes too yeah. much sense for him to. I mean, he's probably not going to like it, but from a franchise standpoint, again, I would love thirty-two million dollars. Sure, yeah, I would yeah. love it too. But <laughs> you know how these NFL, you know how they, they the players sort of rebel against the tag. But hey, I'll take thirty-two million, no problem. Yeah. All right, uh, Jimmy G. See, see, I so I, I put a piece of content on on the page earlier today, um, and I had Jimmy Garoppolo going to the Dolphins. The only reason why is I don't know. If, for me, it just I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get a starting really? job. I don't think so. I think he's going to. Like, I just think I don't think there's 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL no, anymore. I, I don't think so either. But I think that especially the only reason why. I think Jimmy Garoppolo's going to have a hard time landing a starting quarterback job because, like, okay, you name, like, the Bucks. The Bucks are going to go with whatever you say. The Bucs are in, got a very difficult cap, cap situation, and the Bucks are going to... I'm, I'm telling you right now, Kyle Trask is going to be quarterback. I, I did read Bruce Arians said that, you know, they're going to obviously look at the position, but if, if they don't get anyone, they feel very comfortable with, with Kyle Trask. Like, Washington seems like they're rolling out Sam Howell. Um, like, there's no room. Is, there's, is, there's, is the NFC just some sort of a joke? Like, I'll, I'll go try out to play quarterback. What's going on over here? Yeah, I, again, I think Jimmy Garoppolo's more than capable. I think that he's going to be... Like, this guy's been to two NFC yeah, championships. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. He's I know. Been to Absolutely. Super Bowl. Absolutely. I know he had this super loaded roster around him, but I don't think he's going to demand a lot of money. No. 20, 20 million, 25 million a year. Be a bridge guy on some team. I have him actually going to the Buccaneers. I just don't um, think it makes sense for the Bucs. Like you might as well, you might as well rebuild and, and yeah. Just and if, you, for if if Kyle Trask isn't good, then you have Caleb Williams next year, right? Like if there's not that that's the tricky situation. Any other season, I would put Jimmy Garoppolo to the Bucs. But the reason why I say Miami is Tua is again if Tua's 
you're you're signing Jimmy Garoppolo with the hope that he's never gonna have to play. Yeah. But if he has to, if he has to, it keeps Miami a competitor. Absolutely, yeah. and he's and he's reuniting with one of someone who's very familiar with. I mean, Mike McDaniel. I just think if Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't have any suitors in terms of a starting caliber role, I think Miami just makes so much sense. Um, for even a one-year deal as a backup or a two-year deal as a backup. I just think it makes so much sense um, to help Tua grow. Again, Jimmy Garoppolo, we're talking about a veteran now like who's who's been in this league for so long and, and understands what it takes to win. I think it would be wise for Miami to bring someone in. Obviously, the price has to be reasonable because he's coming in to be the second quarterback, not yeah. the quarterback one. But I think from a fit perspective... Um, it makes a lot of sense, and and I do believe that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to find a hard, going to find it difficult in terms of finding a, a starting quarterback job. So I think if he has to settle, it makes more than than more than enough sense to 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 um to be with the Dolphins. I actually like that because Jimmy Garoppolo, in my eyes, is too good to be on a team. Like for example, the year Miami was tanking, they brought in Ryan Fitzpatrick, who mm-hmm. he obviously Fitzpatrick had a great NFL career, journeyman, whatever. But, like, you knew when they brought him in, like, okay, we're probably not going to be competing this year. Yeah. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is in the right scheme, obviously. He's too good to be on a tanking team. So there's not really any other team that is set up right now to compete with yes. Jimmy G at quarterback other than the 49ers, obviously. Um, every other team that is looking to compete has a stable quarterback situation. And obviously the Dolphins, I would say you can argue that they don't just because of how injury prone two has been. I actually don't mind it. I would like it as a Dolphins fan because last year we paid a quote-unquote premium for Teddy Bridgewater, and every time he was thrown in, we lost. Yes. So you you do need someone better if yeah, you're you still need, worried about his health, and I do think Jimmy G's an upgrade over over Teddy Bridgewater. Um, but yeah, I, I like I have them on the Buccaneers. I think the Buccaneers still have a good roster. That division stinks. Yeah, it does. Stink. So I think if he goes there. To me, they're the favorites to win. You're talking about going up against Desmond Ritter, um, whoever the Saints quarterback is going to be. And right now, the Panthers quarterback, I guess, is Sam Darnold. I believe they're going to bring someone in, yeah. probably like a C.J. Stroud. Who knows if he even starts the season. Yeah. So to think that they can go out and sign Jimmy G and they still have the best quarterback in the division, even though they lost Tom Brady, I would I would do that if I'm the Buccaneers. Yeah. Anyways, Geno Smith. I think this is a, another tag candidate. Yeah, I think it just makes so one. much sense. Again, you you Gino had a fantastic year, right? Like exceeded everyone's expectations. But um, from a, from a business standpoint, you'd like to see him do it again. So I think, and and I think he's fine with 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 saying, okay, sure, give me the tag. I think I think Gino um, up until this point has been a guy that's sort of had to overcome so much doubt. So um, I feel like he's the type of player to almost use the franchise tag as motivation to to come back even stronger next year. And I think that he is totally fine and would accept the franchise tag within a heartbeat. He's also never been paid that exactly, much money right? so, starter. So yeah. C- Seattle's in a, in a cool spot. They got a lot of young talent. They had a good year, but, you know, I would just tag him. There's not really anyone else that can go in there and yeah. sort of make the team better, especially because he's comfortable in that scheme now. Um, so yeah, we're both on board with the tag there. And last, and I, I won't say but not least because it is last and least at this point, it's Carson Wentz, the <laughs> fall from grace that he's wow. experienced in this league. I was Mr. Carson Wentz five, six years ago, thought this guy was the next, you know, the future of the NFL. There was maybe one or two other players I would take instead of him to start a franchise. And he's now 
if he even gets signed, yeah. which at this point, like, who knows? It'll be his fourth team in four years. I had a hard time picking a team for him, but uh, go ahead if you have anybody. I think he's going to retire. Yeah, I can yeah. see it. Honestly, I think, like, I think uh, again, look, he's made his money. Yeah. Uh, he's got a young family, right? And, and he seems like he's the type of guy that doesn't necessarily need the sport. And, I mean, look, again, there's clearly not something wrong there and... It, again, that it's just that's just the way it is. It's a it's a very um, cutthroat sort of sport, right? And um, I mean, he did his service. He played a big part um, in Philadelphia going on that Super Bowl run in 2017. Say what you want, but uh, four potentially four four teams in four years is just a lot um, in terms of relocating your family every single year. And again, it's not like money's an issue for him. I think he. Um, is definitely the type of guy that could have success later on as well in terms of from a from a business or just off the field. Um, I think he's going to step away from the game, and and I think that's what's best for him. I think Wentz sort of out. I, I don't want to say outgrew outgrew the game, but I feel like the game sort of outgrew him, right? And that's just it is what it is, right? He made his money. I think it's time for him to step away, and I think that's what he's going to do. Yeah, obviously he's a top sixty-four quarterback in the yeah. NFL. I believe so. Yeah, um, he's even probably top forty in my yeah. eyes. But he's too big of a name to sort of level as a backup. I think. Yeah. Like I think it would be a little bit weird for him to come in as a backup. I don't know if he wants to play for only you know seven million dollars a year, where he used to be a guy getting thirty plus. Um, and I feel like he almost thinks he can still be a starter, but no one's going to want him to be a starter. So I don't, I don't mind the idea of retiring. I had the Falcons written down, and that was sort of in the universe that they don't get Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Just because Desmond Ritter is so inexperienced. Everyone seems to think they're cutting Marcus Mariota, which sounds like it's going to happen. You need to bring in some sort of veteran presence. Like that was my thinking behind it. But it, it I kind of I don't mind that to be honest. It's like eh, Atlanta. It's up to, it's up to him. Like, I, I do think Atlanta provides him an opportunity where by week five he could be playing. Yeah, because if Desmond Ritter starts and it's not working out, Arthur Smith is now going to what year three at this point. Mm-hmm. It hasn't really gone that great in terms of winning. If they're one and four with Desmond Ritter, he's going to say, "I got a job to save, Carson. You're going in." So yeah. that provides him an avenue to maybe get back to being a starting quarterback one day similar to what geno smith did so that's that's my one if he doesn't yeah, I, you know what i i think that you made a good points about that right i could I, again it's up to carson if he wants to play and um if we're talking about a, a sort of a, a team that gives him at least a glimmer of hope at potentially becoming a starting quarterback again it's probably the falcons i can honestly even see the saints too i just like this whole NFC South, I have no clue yeah. who the four starting it's quarterbacks are going to be right now. Disaster. Like the Saints had Andy Dalton last year, Jameis Winston, who I believe is a free agent. Um, I have I have no idea. I don't know if I can recall a division in my lifetime that's just been so like the AFC East for years was a disaster at quarterback, but then there was always at least Tom Brady. Yes, there's this is. Uh, just really, really weird right now what's going on in the NFC West. Anyways, with all this quarterback talk, all these free agents, thought it would be fun to do a little start bench cut um, personally because I've written these these three names down and you could order them in, I think, any possible way and it would be acceptable. So let's do start bench cut Derek Carr, Geno Smith, and Daniel Jones. This is a tough one, to be honest. And 
I mean, Derek Carr is definitely the biggest name um, of these three, but... You could argue he just had the worst season of those three. Exactly. <laughs> I, think, I think you'd be right. Like, it's not even... that. Like, I think that's a fact. Yes, absolutely it is. Absolutely it is. How was Geno Smith, start Geno Smith, bench Daniel Jones and cut Derek Carr? Yeah, I think that's the order of how they performed last season. Um... I don't know. Like to me, the whole thing with Derek Carr is like I think he had a good core around him this year. Like I, I just like just if I'm talking about a fran- if I'm talking about if we're doing start bench cut for a franchise that I'm this is my franchise. That's what I'm doing. Like You're gonna the, take Geno Smith. I, I am. I would. I would start Geno out of the three. Again, this is like everything's everything's being considered. Like age, contract, all that. I think I would take Daniel Jones then. Again, it's it's very close between Geno. Again, I really. I don't even think about Derek Carr in this, in this situation. Well, I think the reason Carr gets in there is because I think his consistency outweighs the other two. Like, Geno Smith has been a career backup, and he just had one great season. So mm-hmm. am I confident that he's going to be able to replicate that year in and year out? Maybe, but I think I still need to see a little bit more. Carr has pretty much put forward the same product every year. Um, regardless, what I've learned from this exercises like these three quarterbacks <laughs> are definitely like QB in my eyes like 15 16 17 or like yeah. 14 15 16 in the NFL right now yeah it's very very close like they're in the same tier maybe I take Daniel Jones because I think his athleticism and he has maybe some of the better traits of the three I probably take him too to I be don't honest. know I'm I probably I like again it, I know I just answered it I think in this order I go DJ Gino Derek Carr I think that's what I would do start bench start start bench cut DJ I'm starting, Geno Smith, I'm benching, Derek Carr, I'm cutting, like the Raiders. I think I might even, like, I, there's a world that exists where you can tell me you're starting Derek Carr. I don't know if I would argue with you, though. No, you can't. Again, that's yeah. why I think it was a good yeah, exercise. It was like, hard. You're talking about three guys. That, I haven't like, even really... I'm, I'm fence-sitting so hard right now. Okay, final answer. Start Daniel Jones, cut Geno Smith, bench Derek Carr, but you can rip me for benching Derek Carr in this, in this situation. Yeah, again, I'm probably going to get ripped more because... Yeah. Um, I'm the one that said cut Derek Carr, but um, I won't be the second. I won't be the the first person to be cutting Derek Carr. Yeah. Um, if we're talking about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, there you go. The Raiders. If we're putting it like that, right? So, and he he's a Pro Bowler too. So yeah, that counts right? for a lot. Anyways, actually, another Pro Bowler that is receiving some trade buzz, and I think I said it on last week's show that the Los Angeles Rams to me are the most intriguing team. Going into next season, or maybe whenever we were doing the Super Bowl odds, yeah. I just I can't get a read on the Rams. I don't know what their goal is. Whereas every other team, I sort of know their direction. The Rams, I'm I'm sort of just sitting and waiting. <laughs> it's so weird. Um, Jalen Ramsey has has come up on the trade block. Obviously, the Rams released Bobby Wagner. Seems like they're trying to cut cap, but they also have an aging quarterback that they owe a ton of money to. It has neck issues. Like they're... their number one wide receiver is also not young in Cooper Cup. So, Aaron Donald going to retire soon? Like, are they still trying to compete? Are they so weird? Like rebuilding? their coach almost, the coach almost retired. Yeah. Or it was it's only been weird. And like, and like when I heard Sean McVay staying, it's like okay, you know what? They think they have a chance to win the NFC yes. West if they're healthy, mm-hmm. and they're going to go out and and try to win another Super Bowl. But the fact that Jalen Ramsey might be on a new team, the fact that Bobby Wagner's gone after a great season, a very under the radar season yes. last year, he did play very well. For, for a guy of his age, and mm. I mean, he's definitely, like, that's that move, 
was deeper than, at least to me, than, than I guess it made it seem. Like, a lot of people were like, oh, he's a cap casualty. But, like... He was a really good player. He was a very good player this year. Obviously, he wasn't Bobby Wagner, Seahawks Bobby Wagner, but he was still a very capable linebacker that um, could play a big role on a very good team. So, yeah. that shows to me that this team is sort of looking... Um, more so in, in 2024 and, and beyond than, than this season, which is so weird because it's like almost the complete opposite. Like, oh, Sean McVay's coming back. Let's go all in again, mm-hmm. right? Like like you have one, maybe two years left of Aaron Donald. You have maybe two years left of right? Let's go all in again. I don't know. Um, I did hear that the Jets told Bobby Wagner they think he could be a first ballot Hall of Famer if he comes to New York. <laughs> so they're saying that to everybody, eh? Yeah, they're saying that to, I mean, Bobby Wagner, <laughs> yeah, actually, Bobby Wagner I think he will anyways. be a first ballot yes. Hall of Famer. He just, so he doesn't have to go to the Jets to <laughs> yeah. be that. But who knows? Maybe the, that's Jets, a, the Jets are trying to spin it like that. Like, Bobby, you're not <laughs> you a first ballot Hall of Famer. You, you, need, need, you need to play you, with, with Sauce Gardner and everyone. You need us. Um, anyways, this Jalen Ramsey trade chatter. Are you buying it or no? Like, do you, do you think yeah. he's going to get moved? I think he's. I think he's. I think he's going to be. I'm pretty confident that he does get moved. To be honest, I think that if I think it's going to be soon too. I think combine week. Um, again, I'm not sure when you guys are going to be hearing this episode, so he might even be traded by then. I don't know if it's going to happen that fast, but um, I do think Jalen Ramsey is going to be on a new team next year. Whether that's um, a team in the AFC, I don't know if the Rams are willing to trade him within the conference, but um, I really do think that there are a lot of suitors, potential suitors too, that are in the NFC. So if they're willing to pay the price, and again, this is an all-pro player, um, say what you want about his recent play. I know, I mean, it's so, so hard to play corner in the league. And and a guy that runs his mouth like Jalen Ramsey does, and he talks the talk, he, you want him to walk the walk. And again, for the, for the most part, he has. And he's one of the best corners in the game. And, and whether you agree with that or not, um, I mean, stats are stats and facts are facts. And Jalen Ramsey can still play at a very high level. So I think he's going to have a ton of suitors. And we're talking about a, a Rams team that hasn't picked in the first round since 2016. So this might be their chance to sort of enter enter back into a foreign place that they're not used to yeah. being in because uh, the quote-unquote F them picks lasted about one year. Hey, yeah, it's right? all worth it once you it win. Is, it is. So definitely, it is definitely worth it. It is def- definitely worth it. But um, I think Jalen Ramsey, I'm buying it for sure. I think he's going to be on a new team um, come next season. Who that is, I'm not really sure yet. I don't know who his suitors are. But I do, I mean, ex- I expect him. I, and he does also want a new deal. So that's maybe it yeah, cuts I the suitors in half. Yeah. But um, still, a very good player. And I think he's going to go for a pick that's pretty high too. I think he's still worth a first-round pick. It's just weird, like, they trade him and they take someone who is probably not going to be as good as he is and obviously not going to be as good as he is immediately because they're a rookie. Uh, It just goes back to the whole thing where neither of us really know what the direction of the Rams is. Um, One destination that I've seen get a lot of traction is the Detroit Lions, which is pretty poetic that the Rams gave the Lions all their picks, won a Super Bowl, and now they're like, hey, Lions, can we have some of our picks back? (laughs) Have Jalen Ramsey. And the Lions could really use Jalen Ramsey. Corner is like a huge hole in this Lions defense, and the Lions are now a team that's charging up, ready to make their mark in the playoffs. They were so close last year after a horrible start, so if they just keep the same back half of the season energy going into next year, they'll probably be a playoff team. So... And they have two first-round picks, I believe. Still, do they? Or did uh, they trade one in the Jameson sh- Williams last year? I'm not sure. I think they might have because they moved up quite a bit. They still have the Rams pick, They have the though. sixth overall. Yeah, which, yeah, is, which, is, which the is the Rams pick. And they do have their pick in 18 as well. So, they, yeah, they have two they okay, have two so they have both picks. of their picks. 
Um, yeah. That's a good, I mean, that's a good fit, right? And it's very poetic. I didn't even think about that, right? It's um, sort of the complete opposite ends uh, of the spectrum, right? Exactly. So the Rams are like, hey, we uh, sort of rented you these picks and now we sort of need them back. So like, other than that, I don't, I've had a hard time thinking of like, it's, it's harder with a corner, obviously, because so many teams could use a corner. Yeah. So it's just about who's willing to, to give something up to get a Jalen Ramsey. But I've had a hard time thinking of, other suitors than that. Yeah, I just, I've seen a lot of the Lions. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not necessarily ready to to sort of make a prediction on where I think he ends up because I just again, it's such a weird um, scenario because one, you don't see a lot of corners of his caliber get moved, and again, it goes back to like if we're talking about fits. Yeah, there's 32 teams that could use Jalen Ramsey, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you can never have enough corners, let alone an, an all pro level corner, right? So. Again, it, I, I think it all depends on what the price is and, and what his market is, but I do expect him to have a strong market. And um, going back to what I said, I do buy it 100%. I think Jalen Ramsey is going to be on a new team next year. Um, who that team is, I, I'm not really sure, but um, I think his days as, as a Ram are, are over or close to over. Who do you think has more left in the tank? Jalen Ramsey at corner or DeAndre Hopkins at wide receiver? Jalen Ramsey. Yeah? yeah, you'd rather you'd rather make. Yeah, I'd rather make the move for Jalen Ramsey than. than I think Judd like Hopkins. I don't necessarily think Ramsey had this horrible year last year. Like he wasn't as good as he used to be, but he was still a, a really good player. Um, obviously, DeAndre had the the suspension and he had he's hot also, start. He's, he's also, also on the other side of thirty too, right? Yeah, yeah. That's so Jalen Ramsey's I think twenty eight still. So he's or twenty nine. He should 29. be. He's not young either. But but Hopkins again too. Like I feel like at, at wide receiver, you're more likely to find a an athletic, capable guy to to um, fill more of DeAndre Hopkins' void or what you could get out of the, out of DeAndre Hopkins rather than drafting a corner expecting him to sort of become Jalen Ramsey. I'm not saying you can find a receiver that's going to become DeAndre Hopkins. I'm just saying like if we're talking 100% of DeAndre Hopkins versus 100% of Jalen Ramsey, you're more likely to find at least 80% of Hopkins than you are yeah. 80% of Yeah, I, I agree with that. Right? I, I do think it's harder to find good corners than it is to find... Obviously... DeAndre Hopkins in his heyday was an elite, elite, like top three wide receiver. Yes. But to just find a good receiver, I think it's easier than to just find a good corner. And as these players are getting older, they're just now sort of coming down to this, that good range. Yeah, I agree. All right, we'll close the show with a little rapid fire segment. We did these. In, I love these. In these the are playoffs. These are, we did. When, yeah. when did we do these? We did it for the playoffs. I think we did it before the Super Bowl. Yeah. Maybe think, for every round in the playoffs, we yeah. even did it. We're going to do one for the offseason. So not just for agency for the entire offseason. Um, so free agency and the draft included, and even the little dead period in June where nobody knows what's going on in the NFL anymore. Yeah, yeah. Everything's included. Yeah. I'm sure we'll do a draft-specific one, maybe a free agency-specific one. Um, but just to start off the offseason episode, we're going to focus on a little bit more of a broad topic. First up, the team that creates the most buzz in free agency is... I'm going to go with the Carolina Panthers. I okay. think that they have so much to gain uh, this offseason if they play their cards right. Um, so if we're talking buzz, um, I'm going with the Panthers. Chicago Bears are the easy answer for me because they got 90 plus million in cap space. I'm going to stray away from that, though. I'm going to go with the Indianapolis Colts. Talked about them trading up for number one earlier in the show. Jimmer say, I think he's going to be aggressive. They had Peyton Manning. They had Andrew Luck. He's sick of these replacement quarterbacks. Go out and get your guy. Sign some big weapons for him as well. Colts are going to be super aggressive and create a lot of buzz. Um, next up, the biggest signing of free agency will be who? 
I'm going to go with a boring answer. I think it's going to be Derek Carr, uh, just because, again, it goes back to the quarterback thing. Just quarterbacks generate the most buzz, and, and they tend to be the sort of headlines all the time. So I'm going to go with Derek Carr. Where does he end up? That'll be the biggest signing of the offseason. Nice. Um, I'm going to go a little bit more off the board. Jesse Bates has been an elite-level safety for a while now. Seems like since he doesn't have enough to give him what he wants. He played on the tag last year. Only 26 years old. Um, I know it's not a premium position, but this is an impact player that I think could go, could do very well and help a team competing for a Super Bowl. So I'm going to go Jesse Bates. If an AFC team gets him, yes. since he loses a player like that, you gain a player like that, that is a big deal in the NFL. Um, so that's that's my answer. Next up, the situation you're most intrigued by this offseason is? I'm going to go with the Seattle Seahawks. I think... The whole Geno Smith situation, I believe they're going to tag him. Whether Do they tag him and add a young quarterback in the draft to sort of develop behind Geno Smith for a few years? Um, that's up. That's sort of up in the air. I'm so intrigued by that situation because they're a young, upcoming team. Uh, they hit on the draft picks last year. They had a very good offseason. They, they exceeded so many expectations. And I think the future of Seattle could be so, so bright if they play their cards right this offseason. Okay. All right. I'm going to stay in the NFC. Um, mine's all about the New York Giants. How do they handle Daniel Jones? Similar to the Geno Smith situation, I think they're going to tag him, but now you have to commit long-term to Saquon if you do that. That dynamic is really intriguing, and it's all because they didn't pick up Daniel Jones's fifth-year option that they now have both players up for contract at the same time. So maybe other teams are going to see that this happened, and that's going to affect how they approach fifth-year options. Um, but I, I just, I'm really curious to see how New York plays this out, especially with some of the other long-term deals that have been given to running backs in the past. I agree. We got two more. Here is the team with the most to gain in this off-season window. I'm going to go with the Chicago Bears. I think just boatload of cap, um, sort of holding teams with the horse ransom at sort of number one. Um, I think that we're talking about a team here. Um, I, we mentioned it. On uh, a few shows prior, I think it was the show right before the the uh, playoffs, where I mentioned that there's a t- that the Chicago Bears are a realistic team that could go sort of worst to first um, if they sort of hit on all cylinders this offseason. And uh, um, so yeah, I'm going to go with Chicago Bears. They they clearly have the most to gain um, in terms of all sort of from all avenues, from free agency, from the draft. They just have so much room to grow. Um, Another year on Justin Fields. This is a definitely going to be an intriguing team with a lot to gain this window. I'm going to go with the New York Jets specifically because everyone believes in the youth of this team. Obviously, they had a killer draft. They had a great free agency last year too, and all their rookies were immediately impact players. If you make a big upgrade at quarterback, maybe Garrett Wilson blossoms into a top 10, top 5 wide receiver because he was already really good last year. Um, with one or two moves... They become a team that sort of looked like a playoff team early on and then yeah. just completely fizzled out when the going went tough and you really needed a quarterback to step up to a big player in the AFC. I know I spoke about how I think their division is very tough, and even with an Aaron Rodgers, even with a Derek Carr, there's still no shot to even be the second-best team in that AFC East, but it still gives them a lot to gain by signing a guy like that. I agree. They definitely have a lot to gain for sure. And last but not least, the most underrated free agent on the market right now. I'm going to go with McCall Hardman. 
Okay, I think yeah. he possesses like game changing speed, and and he is a weapon that certain offensive minds would would love to get their hands on. I know he didn't. He he really hasn't been the player that the Chiefs had hoped, mm-hmm. um, which is concerning because like it's like okay, if you haven't blossomed with Patrick Mahomes, are you going to blossom somewhere else? I think it's more of a situation where I don't. No, if I don't think he's not isn't capable of being a, a, a very good receiver. I think it's more just he needs a, a fresh sort of start, a, a change of scenery. And this is a guy that's only twenty five years old, right? He could he could be a real bargain for a team that's that signs him to let's say a six seven million dollar deal or even eight nine whatever it is. I think his skill set um, in terms of what you look for in today's NFL at receiver and just as a second receiver, third receiver, it's very very valuable. Um, and if I was a team looking for a guy, like a speed guy, a guy that can change the game, um, that you can use sort of nicks and crannies every single week, um, I'm looking at McCall Hardman as a very underrated piece that I think you could get at a pretty discounted rate right now. It's crazy that you know you bring up Hardman, because I was just talking about the Jets, and I did read that the Jets told Hardman that he could become a first ballot Hall of Famer <laughs> if he signs with the Jets. So you never know, maybe... Maybe McCole Hardman's going to be, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers with Derek Carr's best friend next year. Um, all seriousness, no. My answer, I'm going to go with Jamel Dean, uh, cornerback yes, out of that is a good pick too. The, the Bucks. Super versatile player, really stepped up. Uh, and, you know, it's hard to, to truly separate yourself from an elite defense, which the Bucks have had the past couple of years, especially the year that they won the Super Bowl. But he's been good, young player, a lot in the tank too. Um, and I think he won't go for the premium value that some of these other cornerbacks are going. Like, you know, Jalen Ramsey, we talked about him. He's 29 years old, wants $20-plus million a year. Jamel Dean at 25, 26. I know he's a different style of corner, but maybe that's better bang for your buck. So that's that's my answer. But I, I do really like that McCole Hardman answer. It was good. I like, I like them both. I, I think those are both real um, underrated free agents that could be bargains, right, if we're talking about – Teams that are looking for impact guys that don't want to spend top dollar, they can turn to to guys like Michael Hardman and Jamal Dean. And um, uh, again, right? It, it's so intriguing. I think that's what makes, at least for me, that's my that's what I look forward to the most when it comes to free agency. Those secondary guys, yeah. right? I want to know who the, the bargains are and, and see if you can identify them before they happen. And I think Michael Hardman and, and Dean are are two very very good picks. And I wouldn't be surprised next year if they play big roles on on new teams, right? Yeah. Um, anyways, that's uh, that's gonna wrap up the show. It was a fun one. Off seasons are. I mean, we always say this. Off seasons are sometimes more fun than the regular season because yep. there's so much speculation. There's yep. always news breaking at any time. Um, so stay tuned. Make sure you're following us everywhere. Yes. Make sure you're tuning into our yep. podcast every Tuesday. We're we're busy. It's crazy. We're busier in the off yeah. season than we are in the regular season, which is wild to say. But. Um, that's how it is, and and we enjoy it. And again, thank you all if you if you're still listening. We appreciate it big time. Um, I don't know if you heard, but apparently, um, the Jets are offering first ballot Hall of Famer tickets to those that like and subscribe oh, to the podcast. Look at that. Everything comes. So who circle. knows? You never know, right? Everything if you want to be a first circle. ballot Hall of Famer, you got to be following the show. You got to be liking it. You got to be sharing it with your friends. And then next thing you know, you might be getting that gold jacket. I'll say this: if the Jets sign Derek Carr. I will order a jersey that has number four in the Jets, and I'll customize it that says first. I don't know if you can fit first ballot, like maybe like Hoffer, like HOF, and then like a small ER, or maybe I'll just put like first ballot on the back, and I'll wear it. Yeah, that, I, hey, we're gonna we're gonna make that. We're gonna we're gonna put that in right now. If the Jets, 
And maybe we'll give maybe we'll give one away yeah, too. We, you know, I don't want I don't want this. I don't want a Jets jersey. We'll give it away. We'll give it away. We'll give it away. We'll give it away. We'll give away a custom first ballot Hall of Famer Derek Carr number four jersey to the Jets if he signs with the Jets. That's a deal. That's a deal. Right there. Com- okay. com- completely custom to a real NFL.com shop yeah. jersey. If he signs with the Jets, it's given. It's it's going somewhere. And I want to see whoever gets it. They got to go to a Jets game, wear yeah. it, and take a picture, yeah. and we'll post it on the page. Love it. I can't That's, wait. Yeah. Now I want. So now I want to go to the I Jets. To go to the Jets. Never mind what I said about the Saints. Yeah. Their car is going to the Jets. Anyways, that's the show, guys. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week. See you next week.